I just say the fact that for your birthday your wife got you research is the most Abby thing I've ever heard. 100%. I love that so much. A hundred percent. Yeah. Send it to me in a in a attached email word doc. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> Rhyme or free, it doesn't matter to me. It's my bad poetry. Good day, and welcome to the season one finale of My Bad Poetry, a podcast where we take a deep dive into my dabbling with poetry between 2004 and 2008 when I was in high school. Each week we have heard a selection read aloud for what was probably the first time, and we examined them for their historical, philosophical, and literary qualities, always asking the question, why in the world did I write this? At the conclusion of this season, we now look at the question, why in the world did I type this? As we discuss the, the Word document anthology that came out of the first collection of poetry. I assure you, there is more to come. Ugh. I'm Aaron, and I've been dragging my dear friend Dave along with me on this journey into my old private journal. Dave! Yeah? You ready to um, dig into these uh, typed words? Well, Aaron, I've been working on something. Mm. I've written a poem for today. Really, it's fundamentally about like the creativity of life, uh, the hopes that we have, the dreams that we look forward to, the peace that we're seeking. So my poem for today is called An Actual Epilogue. Oh, I see this is, um, this might be about last week's episode. This is a diss track. Okay. Okay, uh, DJ, drop the beat. Oh, we, don't have we, we don't have a DJ? No, I don't know. I don't have a soundboard or anything, sorry. Tap on my microphone. Oh, that doesn't work at all. Good. That's really good. So this is my poem for you this week. Okay. My words are the key to identity. I rage at the date in my mind. Regret for the opening question of why becomes an ode to anyone. The obsession sings in the shadow of my room. Truth bears silence in life. I. Might that be the dumbest thing anyone has ever spoken? You know, yes. I'm just getting a kick out of the fact that you had to go back and look at all the titles <laughs> I made. <Yeah. laughs> oh, I had so much fun with that. And in some way, you have made a better poem than all of those titles <laughs> poems combined i think we need to break it down because i don't think there is a single line that says anything oh i liked um obsession is the shadows in my room uh obsession no sorry obsession, obsession? <laughs> things in the shadow of my room sings in the shadow of your room that's a beautiful image that's not bad i have no clue what it means but yeah i got nothing now did you go in order I went mostly in reverse order. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You you tweaked a couple just to make the the flow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I really had to put work into making it flow and meaningful. And by work, I mean. I got the meaning though. It was very um. Insulting. Please tell me it was insulting. Yeah. Good. Good. Okay. That's what I was going for. It just felt like you were piling on the trash. If my uh, if my job this whole time has been good or garbage. That was me collecting the proverbial trash from the neighborhood and throwing it 
into Gehenna, the fire pit. Way to remind everyone that we are indeed pastors. Booyah! <laughs> Could have said the city dump. Nope. You went with Gehenna. <laughs> I mean, the dump implies it's going to stay there. What I want to do is kill it with fire. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Well, we have reached what felt like a natural cadence point to our podcast. And um, this does not mean that we will be taking an extended break by any means. It's just the podcast host asks us what season your episode is in. And I've been putting one for a while. And I was like, what happens if we do a second season? <laughs> so um, we are structuring this around three separate typed anthologies. Those being the times in which I put the written words in the Wolf Journal into a Word document and saved it with a title. So we have reached the conclusion of this first project of mine in 2006. And I guess the big reveal is, what did I title this? Do you have any guess at all? I thought long and hard about this, especially as I was going back through the poems that you had titled. And so I'm going to assume that in all of your creative wisdom, in your genius uh, that you developed, you titled it, uh, let's see, Poetry from 2005. You know, I wouldn't put it past me since like half of my poems were just poem of date. <laughs> yep. <laughs> no. So this document was typed or started to be typed on January 14th, 2006, primarily made up of poems from 2005. You're right there. The cover page, which I created on a, on a paint uh, Microsoft oh, Paint, was created February 11th, 2006. And I get this off the files on an external hard drive I had from college where my family dumped their folders from an old computer that died. Nice. So if you're wondering how I got this, I did a little digging, not too much. Yeah. You're not hacking. You went into the properties. Yep. And it said <laughs> created this time. Yeah. So the title for this first collection is Thoughts of a misunderstood. This is me walking away from my <laughs> computer, just so you know. You are such a convincing Foley artist. Right? If only I had coconuts, I could have ridden my horse away. Mm -hmm. uh, thoughts, thoughts of a misunderstood? Thoughts from a misunderstood? Thoughts of a misunderstood. I want to make fun of you, but like... <laughs> now, the most fascinating thing about this, to blow your mind a little more, the document I saved it oh, is titled Thoughts of a No One. So I retitled it after initially creating the title page. You shouldn't have said that. Thoughts of a No One is actually like... Way better, right? Kind of decent. Yeah, I agree. And that's why um, the, the ending poem today will, will tie back directly to No One and Not Misunderstood. Yeah. Oof. So shall I, um, do you want to see this beautiful work of art? This is going to be shared on the webpage that we have. I feel like this should just become the thumbnail for our podcast. For season one? Yeah. Oh, no. I wouldn't want to, the, the podcast to be associated directly with this image. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's the image here, Dave. I am afraid. Ba-boom. Ah! It's, it's. Okay, okay. Those who are listening, you have to see this image. Imagine what you're imagining 
and then take away all color, take away all ideas and hopes. <sighs> what? There's like compass rose. There's like a North Star. There's an oval and a smiling face. That one's green. There's color there. Uh, I need you to break down this image for me. Explain yourself, Aaron. Explain. Okay. Well, we have our sideways. I'm going to focus on the smiley face because that's what's drawing my eye. It's the only okay. splash of color. We're going yep. to start there. So we have this green smiley face mm-hmm. turned to its side. Yep. So um, it's it's a commentary on how... Nope, I got nothing there. Right. Um, I, I am envious of the happy because uh, it, it's green and okay. it has a big red a no-no circle slash through it, which is like, I'm not happy. I don't know. Um, we have, I got the, we got this empty circle with a, um, uh, sorry, not a circle. We got this empty circle. Uh, <laughs> not a circle. There's a circle. <laughs> this empty oval with a rectangular um, prism. Mm-hmm. And I think this uh, is the metaphor you can't fit a square peg through a round hole, but I'm stretching that metaphor, literally creating it, making it an oval. Um, and so the squareness of life is being lost in the amb- ambiguity of chaos. That's, that's a really interesting interpretation, especially considering the fact that the oval is taller than the square peg. So a thousand percent you can fit the square peg into the round hole. <laughs> that's where I pivoted halfway through that interpretation <laughs> about losing the squareness of life in the NBA. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, the North Star and the compass, I think that's kind of like, there's like direction in this world, but it's lost in the confusion. You know? Well, the North Star is below the compass. Even more confusing. Oh my gosh. <sighs> if you're if you're misunderstanding the art, Dave, then you're then you are welcomed into the thoughts of a misunderstood. Clearly it's not meant to be understood. <laughs> it it's reminding me of 15th century mannerist art. Um, you can see all of the abrasive lines and like those those lines clearly draw uh, draw distinction between the balance of life. You know, you can you can see the depth, the richness of brokenness. Uh, I, I really feel as though it's trying to express uh, humanity's inhumanity towards humanity. Mm, mm-hmm. I know nothing about art. No, I, were you making all of that up? Uh, I believe mannerist is a type of art, like is a subsection of art. I don't know what it means. Hmm. It's funny because like, I don't know anything about poetry, but somehow I know less about art. Hmm. Can I ask? Yes. How long did you spend on the cover art? I honestly don't know. It looks like I slapped it together in about five minutes. I was gonna say, if it was six minutes, yikes. Too much, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it was, it's really just like, copy paste images and then do like some lines and some full paint fills yeah well so we've experienced that (sighs) Um, experienced is the only way to put that in much the same way you experience stomach flu well yeah you experience it it's not pleasant no things come out of it (laughs) and it's not pretty it's definitely not pretty yeah
That's that's the cover right there. Oh gosh. We have more to dig into. Do we have to? Yes. Yes, we do. Because <laughs> this is our <laughs> this is our grand season finale. David it has yeah. to be pulp, pulp um, full. It has to be chock full. Chock full. Wow. I almost said pulp full. Pulp full. Full of that delicious orange. <laughs> it's healthy for you. Um, <laughs> uh, it has to be chock full of extra little goodies. So ah. yeah, that's what finales are. Yeah. Yeah callbacks and yeah if we learned anything from uh the final season of game of thrones you just toss a couple more dragons in and everything will go very well yeah no one has any complaints about that who needs good writing when it's like special effects fest (laughs) i think okay here's we're gonna loop this all back together in obsession i talked about kind of the representation (laughs) Are you representing our audience? Yes. Okay, good. You are the voice of the people, Dave. Voice of the people! <laughs> in Obsession, I talk... No, Aaron. What? In... Obsession? Thank you. Okay. In that perfectly titled poem, or in the podcast about that one, I yeah. talked about the representation in media around like what true love was, what devotion right. was. Um, we, we talked about the Jim and Pam dynamic and the, like, the mopey, quiet white guy with the long hair and the off-kilter humor right is the one who gets the pams of the world in the long run right uh another touchstone which, which i didn't mention but i think was a big influence because i was watching it would have been jess from gilmore girls oh uh, okay sure yeah the i mean against the world grumpy loner but into poetry and writing right sensitive and yeah yeah Those were being lifted up as the romantic interest. And so while I speculated at first that I wasn't feeling my emotions well represented in the world, Mm -hmm. actually, I'm going to say that I had it scripted for me. Right. The exact kind of beats and attitudes that I should have to play the long game to win the girl or to to be the smoldering silent type. (laughs) That was what was being projected to a lot of high school guys who watched popular TV shows at the time. Scrubs, Office, Gilmore Girls. Yeah. So what you're saying is your poetry is terrible, but it's not your fault. Yeah, no. It's society's fault. None of this is my fault. (laughs) Place the blame (laughs) elsewhere. Blame is always elsewhere. I think that's a a really good understanding of how all of this fits together um because yeah like there are oh i'm just trying to think of like all of those characters and they always are writing poetry or reading poetry or like they're they have that sensitive side but we never actually get to see that sensitive side you know like it's portrayed like in uh gilmore girls which i didn't watch until college but like jess writes things but we never actually see what he writes. Mm-hmm. It's just, oh, but he's reading uh, Camus. Oh, yeah. he's... He's leaning on a tree, digesting a big paperback. Right. And now he's going to slink on his leather jacket and stroll over to... Um, Luke Steiner. Luke Steiner, throw a, a, a hissy fit and get the girl. Yeah, that's really interesting. So... At the time, if I thought I was writing anything profound, I think I was following 
the generic script of an emo kid in high school who um, wanted to be appealing. Right. Well, so we have that as a nice kind of wrap up to understanding these texts or this first anthology. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I'll just let the the listeners know we have four extra poems that are found in the typed that I have no clue uh, where they come from. And uh, they may make an appearance someday. I mean, you know how they always say that sunlight is the best disinfectant? I think shadow and like hiding them away for all of human history might be a nice disinfectant too. Mm, well, said with love. Yeah, I get And a little bit of hoping that you would cry, but you know, that's just me. Well, yeah. <laughs> so I did create a uh, an intro to this anthology. Ah. That actually was originally written in the Wolf Journal. So here we go. The words in this book are not for people who think life is perfect and everyone is happy. These words are for the depressed, the lonely, the lost, and the misunderstood people in this world. The people who read these words and think it's good poetry are blind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yep, 100%. The people who read these words and feel as if they are their own thoughts and feelings are whom I write for. My words are static to a naive heart, but truth to a broken one. Uh, for whom I write. Ah, dang it. <laughs> <laughs> Had to be done. Yeah, no, totally. I'll put <laughs> it up on the screen. But yeah, so um, we're not blind because we do not think these are good good poems. Wow. But if any of you ever thought what we were reading on this podcast was good, you're blind. <laughs> you're blind to, to the inhumanity. We need, like, Werner Herzog to read this. Ooh, that'd be nice. Yeah. The words in this book are not for people who think life is perfect. No? That's one, of, that's one of your better impressions, actually. I am very bad. And also, I only know Werner Herzog from The Mandalorian. So oh, that's all I got. Like, I really don't know him from anything else. So my question to you today is, is this a fitting introduction to the... 20 some odd poems that we have slogged through over these last several weeks. It is a very fitting introduction because of how self denigrating it is, but also how important you make yourself out to be <laughs> like at the same time, this is terrible poetry, but it's the truth to a broken heart. Right. I mean, you can see how I was, I was clearly leading up to the fact that the opening poem was going to be truth. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I set myself up well there. Mm, sure. So was this, was this written around the same time as you started writing your poetry? No. Okay. This was written. Um, it, it was written. It looks like about uh, February 1st. This is, an, again, we're hitting these anniversaries really spot on. It's yeah. it's very serendipitous. Um, but yeah, the last dated poem in the Wolf Journal was Identity, which was um, January 31st. So uh, the words in this book was written 
sometime after that, but before I created the cover art, which was February 11th. But I can see where the, the title gets changed here because in my writing, I put these words are for the misunderstood people in the world. So I think that's where the impetus to change the title from Thoughts of a No One to Thoughts of Misunderstood came about. No. <laughs> They're both terrible. They're both terrible. But one is clearly better. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's not really a poem we can analyze. Okay. I, I want to I wanna throw this one out. This isn't okay. making fun of you. This no. is making fun of the whole institution of poetry. Great. <laughs> yeah. I'm not trying to offend you. I'm trying to offend all people who write poetry. Oh, equal opportunity offense here. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. In what way is this not a poem? Explain to me. Like, the words that you use in this introduction are words that you use in your poetry. The way that these things are expressed are kind of outside of typical narrative structures. Like it's not written like a, a prose or written like informational. You're using, you know, kind of this hyperbolic language. And mm -hmm. someone needs to explain to me what makes a poem a poem. And I feel like their answer is going to be that poetry is self-defining. And if it, if it fits as a poem, then it's a poem. And I will make a large fart noise to that because I don't understand. Yeah, I honestly, um, I'm probably not the vet. I am not. I am not the best voice for. Come on, <laughs> two cishet white guys. We know everything. Mm -mm. Nope. No? no, no. That's how the world got this way. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. I honestly, I think it's a it's a larger question, and this is not going to make you happy. But I think it's a larger question of what makes art art, and I think it's around intention, the intent of the artist or the writer no and, it's pronounced artiste <laughs> and the um the ways in which it is it lends itself for interpretation fart noise of disbelief sure that's fair uh, th this opening paragraph was not meant to be interpreted any other way than a an introduction to the words that would be read so it is written with the idea of being straightforward so poetry isn't defined by the poem it's defined by the author's intent i thought we're not able to determine original author's intent aaron i not saying, i'm not saying it's a good answer but I'm, <laughs> saying, I'm saying that's where my head's at right now that seems reasonable yeah. yeah if ever we do break out of the little bubble of listeners that we have and a larger audience finds us don't send us hate mail I mean, you can send me hate mail. I don't understand yeah, poetry. Dave, Dave legitimately is furious right now. <laughs> I'm so angry. I'm, I'm doing my best not to throw my computer. It's not going well. <laughs> I think this comes from a place of uh, naivety. Naivete. Because I called you out in my introduction. My words are static to a naive heart, Dave. Ugh. You're clearly just a naive heart. That's the problem. Here. So you don't get it because you're not... You're not meant to get it. Oh. So there. Because I'm not lost, depressed, or misunderstood. Oh, wait. No, you should probably get <laughs> yeah, this. You should probably understand. Oh. <laughs> uh, I mean, we, we joke. But um, yeah. I will say, while the 16-year-old self had high ambitions for these words, one of the initial goals that Dave and I set out when we started this thing when you started and dragged when i dragged you into this yes um 
first of all, was honesty. So thank you, Dave. For mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, second of all, we didn't just want two random white guys filling up airspace. There's already enough of that in the world. So we hope that this experience so far has spoken something helpful to you or to a friend around maybe understanding a high schooler in your life today or understanding what what you or someone else might have been going through or might be going through um yeah i don't i don't know can you say can you say it better yeah Yeah. (laughs) as much as i make fun of aaron in this show it's all done with this idea that we want to talk honestly about how people view the world around them that you know there are a lot of people who may be writing things in their own journals that feel like it should never be expressed and maybe sometimes it shouldn't be but we want to talk about how we express ourselves and how sometimes society says men shouldn't express themselves, how we are told to bury our thoughts, bury our emotions. And I think that as we joke and as I make fart noises at Aaron's poetry, we can look at how we can better express ourselves as men, as humans, you know, just trying to make our way through this world. And I know that that sounds really cliche, but it's because it is. Cliches are cliches for a reason. Uh, And I think we need to do a better job of expressing those cliches through our lives. Yeah. Well said, Dave. For now, I guess we're going to wrap up this season. We hope that you have enjoyed our season one of My Bad Poetry. If you've liked what you've listened to, let a friend know. Invite them in on this crazy journey. So I don't know how we we go about your good or garbage role dave i want to give you that space yeah i'm just gonna leave it ambiguous and let you interpret okay good or garbage i would say that over this past what feels like seven and a half years but it's actually just like a few months we've found some real good garbage Mm. (laughs) (laughs) we found some real good garbage that leads to decent discussion uh where we can talk about what we think and how we feel. Uh, And so for this whole anthology, I would like to compare this to, and I know that I've used this metaphor before, but a compost pile Mm. Um, that there's a lot of garbage in there. You know, there's some food scraps, there's some yard waste. There may even be some waste from our dogs using our backyards as restrooms, but you know, life can come out of that. It's not based around the compost that you put in. It's based around the interpretation that comes out, the work that you do to bring the compost out and plant some flowers. So it's still garbage. You don't don't have to keep like pushing that point. We get it, Dave. No, I... I, Focus on the flowers. Okay, focus on the flowers. (laughs) Um, A rose by any other name would still smell as sweet, but maybe you uh, underutilize the compost so like it's not fully processed. So it still smells a little bit like compost. I'm trying to say that this is garbage. <laughs> You're welcome. Well, we will not be off the airways. Uh, maybe not at all. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. We have enough bloopers that it'll probably be two episodes. So two weeks of bloopers, perhaps. And then Dave and I will reassess where our headspace is at. Broken. Fundamentally broken. Bro- yeah, yeah. But um, whether we have the, the capacity and energy to enter into season two, which... If this season is titled Thoughts of a Misunderstood, season two is, I'm just going to give it away now, Thoughts of a Boy and Other Sad Stories.
Oh my gosh. You'll I, have to wait for the cover uh, art of that till the end of season two. But I want to be your friend, Aaron, but you make it very difficult. I make it very difficult. For all of my <laughs> friends from high school, I am so sorry. <laughs> Oof. You were you were truly good friends to put up with this. Um, <laughs> we're going to end this week like we do every week with the words of a true poet. And to bring it all back around to our first episode, Truth, we're going to end with Emily Dickinson. Um, this is poem number 260. I'm nobody. Who are you? I'm nobody. Who are you? Are you nobody too? Then there's a pair of us. Don't tell. They'd advertise, you know. How dreary to be somebody, how public, like a frog, to tell one's name, the live long June, to an admiring bog. Hmm. Lovely. Yeah. This has been My Bad Poetry, Season 1. Now go write some of your own bad poetry, type it into an anthology, name that anthology, rename that anthology, open Microsoft Paint to make the worst cover image I've ever seen, and, you know, just enjoy. And that's a wrap. <laughs> oh, oh we're idiots. I love it. <laughs> Rhyme of free Rhyme doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It's my bad. It's